2, chapter 2 and verse 2. If not, we have, uh, we'll have the scripture up there for you. New King James Version, it says, and Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. What is the purpose of having a vision? The Bible says that its purpose is that you may run with it. Having a vision is crucial. If we didn't have a vision for our life, what would we do? We'd run around aimlessly. How many of you have ever woken up on a day, you didn't have anything planned, you didn't have any agenda, you didn't have anything that you needed to do or really even wanted to do? Like, what'd you do? A lot of times we just like waste the day, don't we? And we think back later, ah, oh, I had laundry to do, or I should have gone grocery shopping, I had this to do, I had that to do, but instead, because we didn't have a plan, we didn't have a, a vision, we just wandered around uh, and didn't really do a lot at all. Well, having a vision will help like, give, us a, give us a focus, give us a, a purpose, and that's important in all of our lives. It's important personally for us to have a vision, a purpose for our life. Someone who doesn't feel that their life has any purpose like, that's a tough life to live, isn't it? All of us need to uh, feel that our life has purpose, that our life matters, that there is something that we can contribute, right? If you don't feel like your life matters, if you don't feel that you can contribute anything to society or the greater world around you, it's depressing, you know? And a lot of people, unfortunately, get to a place where they become so depressed because they don't have any purpose, they don't feel like they can, their life contributes anything, they don't feel like their life matters. So having vision is important. It's crucial to our life that we have vision, that we have purpose. Habakkuk says there to make that vision plain. So that's what I'm, gonna, I'm going to try to do today. Hopefully I do a good job with that. And the purpose of making it plain is so that what? What does it say on there? What's the last part? Let me help you out. That he may run who reads it. Well, who's he? It's not me. It's you, isn't it? Who's, who's Triumph Church? Is it, is it me? Yeah. They're all Triumph Church. So the vision of Triumph Church, but it's for you. It's for us. It's for us together. We're going to talk about partnership in just a little bit here. But the vision for Triumph Church... And the purpose for Triumph Church is how this church can best serve you. We gave the example in talking about pastor, what is a pastor, but also uh, what is a leader. Jesus, in his really the ultimate example, gave us was when he washed the disciples' feet. And that's what this church as a whole, metaphorically speaking, is here to serve you. That's its purpose. We're not doing church just to do church. It's great coming together. It's great worshiping the Lord. It's great having God's word spoken and having some discussions and having Bible studies and different things. But there's a purpose for that. There's a reason why we do that. There's a reason why we do this. There's a reason why the Lord's having us start this church. We all know it isn't because I wanted to. When the Lord put this on Pastor Amy's in my heart, I was mad for three days. I didn't want to start a church. I didn't want to be a pastor. <laughs> but the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. And after three days, I finally said, okay, Lord, because my heart is, I want to please the Lord. 
I want to be obedient to what he's asking of me in my life. Because one day, I'm going to stand before him the same as you're going to stand before him. And he's going to ask us if we've been obedient in what he's asked us to do. So this vision isn't just about Triumph Church. It's really about you and how Triumph Church can help get you to the place and help enable and help equip you so that you can be obedient and stand before the Lord one day and hear him say, well done. That's going to be a happy day. Triumph Church can't really be an everything church. You ever been to, you know, you've been to the Carvery where they have a variety of different foods. If we put a little bit of everything on our plate, we'd probably have to get several plates, wouldn't we? Right? Triumph Church can't be everything to everyone, possibly. Like, I'm one person. I can't be everything to everyone. Just like you're one person, you can't be everything to everyone. This is one church. It can't possibly be everything to everyone. Like we said in Dublin, there's 2.5 million people. This church can't possibly do what needs to be done as Jesus has given us to do, as we're going to look at in just a moment here, to adequately and effectively meet the needs of those 2.5 million people. We need more churches. How many people are in the, in the whole of the Republic? Anyone know? Like we have, we, have, we have millions and millions of people here. Triumph Church can't do that alone. Triumph Church is going to stay in its box and do what it's supposed to do. And we're expecting that all these other churches that are here, that they're going to do what Jesus is asking of them to do. And all of us together, Christ's body, are going to be effective in reaching this nation with the gospel. You know, I heard a statistic, I guess it was 2019, Amy and, Amy and I went over to the, the UK for like uh, church plant training. Uh, one of the statistics they had given was churches that don't start another church within the first five years, statistically speaking, it's not just flat across the board, but a church that doesn't launch another church within the first five years statistically never will. So part of our vision is within the first five years of this church, Triumph Church, so September 24th, the clock is ticking. Yeah. Five years from that point, I want to start another church. And then that second church plant, as soon as that's launched, the clock is ticking. Because what did Jesus say we're supposed to do? Go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples. We need to replicate ourselves. The Lord isn't having Pastor Amy and myself, two crazy yanks, start a church in Ireland to produce more crazy yanks. I want to produce crazy Christians, Christians who are excited about the Lord. I don't care what race, nationality, men, women, old, young, whatever it is, I just want to produce a group of Christians who are so excited and passionate about Jesus that they can't wait to go out these doors and share that love with someone else. That's what the early church did. You read the book of Acts. That's what happened. The purpose, the drive of this church is to make a difference. We're going to make a difference. It's not just by me. It's by you. Does that sound all right? Does that make anyone nervous? Some of you said yes. Some of you said no. <laughs> Well, my hope today is something that you'll take away is that within Triumph Church's purpose 
and through its vision is that we're in this together. I want us to become partners. It's not just Pastor Amy and I up here. Like, we're in this together. Like, I would like to just come and sit down with all of you and just be partners. Like, I'm up at the front today because I'm sharing our vision. I'm sharing our, our purpose. But this isn't, this isn't where I want to be. I don't want all the focus just on me. I'm happy to sit back here. My personality, actually, is I would rather be in the corner, unseen. It's uncomfortable for me to be seen. Saturday nights, usually, I don't get the best night's sleep because I'm getting up in front of a whole bunch of people. You like that? No, I don't like it either. What about you? You like that? No. No? You? No? Do you? Don't ask me. <laughs> well, we, we have someone. We have someone... We have someone who enjoys that. But this isn't about me. This church is not about me. It's about you. And it's about what God is asking you to do. What's your part? My hope is is that we're going to partner together, that you're going to be a part of Triumph Church, that we can link arms together, right? I want us to be partners. I do not. If this is going to be the, the Brad and Amy show, then I'm not interested in that. Thank you, Lord. I'll take a pass. It's not what I want to do. My, my dream isn't that I have any kind of legacy or whatever. My dream is just to raise up some people who are excited and passionate about their relationship with the Lord, that they'll likewise just share the gospel and do something that's uncomfortable for them to make a difference in this world. We, we just need to be so passionate and excited for God that anyone around us knows exactly who we are, what we are, what we believe, and that's okay. The Bible says that they'll know us because of our love for one another. When we have that kind of love, God's love in our hearts, and we express that towards one another, we express that out in the community, no matter what a person does, says, acts like, whatever, no matter what they do to us, when we show them the love of Christ, it's contagious. That disarms people like nothing else. Last week, I had given a list of some different things and some ways that you can uh, biblically support and partner uh, with Triumph Church. Part of being a partner is that we actually partner together. You have expectations for me, probably, right? When you come to church, are you expecting, expecting me to be able to deliver, at least, you know, be able to put two sentences together? Something from God's Word that's going to bless you, that's going to build up your faith, that's going to encourage you, that's going to uh, equip you, right? But as partners, and if we're partners, what's the interesting part too is I have expectations for you. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Is that, that doesn't freak anyone out, no. does it? I think it's fair. Yeah. yeah. You have expectations for me as the pastors of this church. I have expectations for you if you're going to be part of this church. Not that I'm going to twist your arm. Like if you don't meet my expectations, that's okay. That's not a requirement for anyone to attend this church in any way, shape, or form. So I'm going to, I'm going to list out some things that were expe- our expectations, biblically, that we can find in the Bible. I gave scriptures for them last week that are biblical ex- expectations. So don't misunderstand me in anything that I say here. The church is open to anyone. So some biblical expectations they have that we would have is to faithfully pray for a Triumph Church. Pray for Pastor Amy and myself. Pray for each other. Pray for one another. Uh, to faithfully attend 
services, be here. You know, the thing about attendance is you're not just here for yourself. Well, that's a good reason to come so that you're equipped, so that your faith is, is built up. But also, like, you're, like I said, your smiling face, your hug, your encouraging words could be something that another person in this church needs to help carry them through that week. You know, our fellowship with one another. I think before COVID, I, I don't think we gave enough weight to what that is. And I think all of us realized how important, you know, that companionship, that fellowship, that being able to gather together uh, and stir each other up and encourage one another. Like we realize now, like how important that is in all of our lives, don't we? So it's important that we attend services, faithfully encourage one another, faithfully give financially to Triumph Church, faithfully be a part by helping in Triumph Church. And I added two more. I don't know why I didn't have them last week, but faithfully serve one another. I think that's important. When, we're, when we serve each other, that's preferring another to ourselves. And the Bible says, you know, the world will know us by our love for one another. That's what love does. Love serves, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And then faithfully love one another. Can't, we can't let the things of this world, we can't let any differences or things get between our relationship and God. We, we, can't, we can't take offense at something someone says. Like, we just have to not be part of any of that or not let any of that infect our lives. And the biggest way to do that is just love everyone. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 28. Let's look at Jesus' vision for the church. Every church's vision has to fit within Jesus' vision. This is his church. He's the head of the church. Everything that we do has to fit within what Jesus' vision for the church is. So we're going to look at a couple of scriptures. I'm sure all of you probably know them. Uh, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Then in Mark chapter 16, in verse 15, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then before he ascended to heaven, we have in Acts chapter 1, in verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, that you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So his command to every church is to go into all the world. A church needs to be a body that both goes and sends, right? This is what Jesus is telling us to do. He's telling his church to go. He's also saying to share the gospel, the good news. What is the good news? The good news is is simply that Jesus died upon the cross for you. And that by this, he paid the penalty for your sin, and that he rose from death alive forever in victory. That's just the good news. It's really simple, isn't it? And then Jesus also said to make disciples. What is discipling? Discipling is just teaching believers to be able to walk in God's word in their life and to follow the Holy Spirit. That's all that is. Every church needs to be involved in these. Jesus, the head of the church, has given these as his command to every church to be a part of for his body. Well, who's, who's Christ's body? What is Christ's body? What's, what is the church overall? Overall, corporately, the church comprises of born-again believers, of Christians. That makes up who the church is. It's not a building. It's not an organization or an institution. 
Christ's body is made up of, of you and I and every other believer throughout this world. And he's told us our purpose, our main focus, are these three things. To go into all the world, preach the gospel, to make disciples. So go, preach the gospel, make disciples. Those three things. So these are the basics and foundation of what a church does. But how a church does those are going to look a little different. You and I, if, if we were doing the exact same task, we would probably do it a little differently, wouldn't we? Some of us, if I asked you to move that table from that side of the room over here, someone may grab it and pull it across the floor. Someone else may ask someone for, for help and two people then pick it up and move it. Someone else may just pick it up and move it. Like we're all going to do something different. Well, it's the same way with, with Christ Church. We all have the basic foundations of what Jesus has asked us to do as his church. But each church, the how they're going to do that is going to look a little bit different. Because we all have, just like everyone in here, looks different, acts different, probably smells different. If uh, we all have different callings, we all have different giftings, we all have different talents, God's calling all of us to be able to give what it is that He's placed on us in His body. That's going to look different. It's the same way with, with all of His churches across the world. Each church is going to, while we have that, those foundational things that we're all supposed to be doing, each church is going to fulfill that in a different way. Their flavor, what it is the Lord's directed them to do. These are things that are very important to us. We want to make sure that in, in this church, that everyone has a good foundation in God's Word. We also want everyone to be able to know how to be led by the Spirit in your life. And then, of course, this one I love. We love the world. God has a heart for this world. We have a heart for this world. We don't want to be a church that just meets together, us four and no more. We want to share this love with our county, throughout this island, throughout Europe. Like we, I want to make a difference. I want this church to make a difference. Not because we're anybody, not because we're anything. It's not about that. It's about people. It's about their eternity. And praise the Lord that we get, is this too heavy? We get to be a part of that. The Lord is, everyone who's here, I do not believe that you're here by accident. I believe the Lord is trying to get His church to a place and to a position. Because I, as I keep saying over and over, Jesus is returning soon. Before, before Jesus' return, there is going to be a, an amazing revival. And I'm just going to skip ahead here for a minute. Let's get to the big picture. One of the big things that I want to do and I want us to be is I want us to be a spark. There's a revival coming. I want, I want all of you to be right in the middle of that. I don't want it to be some other church where the Holy Spirit is moving and God's presence is there so mightily and powerful, you know, and we're like, hey, what about us over here? Hello. I want us to be right in the middle of that. In order, to there, in order for there to be a harvest, the Bible says we talked several weeks ago, you know, about the latter rain, right? You remember that? There's going to be an outpouring of God's Spirit, like this world has never encountered before. And that whole purpose is going to be the harvest, people. 
He's going to be pouring out His Spirit upon this world to bring in that harvest. And everything that Triumph Church is doing is preparing for that. It's preparing us for that. Because we need to be prepared. God is asking us to be prepared for us to do our part. We're just one of the harvesters. There's going to be a lot of other churches and a lot of other people that are going to be involved in that. But let us do our part. That's something that I want us to be right in the middle of. And coming up soon, uh, we're going to start once a month. We're going to start prayer. That's just for a revival. It's not about Triumph Church. It's about revival happening in our county and in this country. I want to see that. Amen? Do you want to see that? So we're going to have some information on that uh, coming up soon. We'll be starting out at least meeting uh, once a month, and we'll be praying for that. Children's ministry. I love children. Children are so amazing. Jesus loves children, too. I want us to have an amazing children's ministry. The thing about children's ministry, though, is churches are supposed to be supplemental to parents. For any parent in here, we want to partner with you. Any grandparent in here, we want to partner with you if you bring your grandchildren. We want to partner with you. Not take the place of discipling uh, your children and grandchildren from you. That's your place. You have that place as a parent. As the grandparent, you are to disciple your children and grandchildren. Church is just supplemental to that. And youth ministry is the same way. We're going we're gonna to start doing youth ministry here soon. Probably just once a month we'll have a youth meeting to begin with. But we really want to focus, have a big focus and emphasis on children and youth. Also, a big thing that I want us to do, this is kind of the big picture, that we're starting to take some steps towards in these things is what I call small church. It's basically Bible studies. But Bible studies are really important and key in the discipleship process. And one thing that we are really big on and want to do is uh, be a church that equips and disciples. If a church isn't equipping, then what is it doing? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 and 12, if you can put that up real quick, Barbara. It says, now these gifts... Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers in verse 12. It says, so those gifts, their responsibility is to do what? Equip. Equip God's people. Who's God's people? That's you, right? To do His work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. So who's doing, so who's doing the work and who's building up the church? The body of Christ. Body of Christ, right? So something we want to be right in the middle of it, and is a really important and vital part of Triumph Church is is discipling, is equipping. Equipping you, I like to say, for what God has called you to do, your part, your place. And a big part of that, of discipling, is in those Bible studies, or small small church, as I like to, to call it. Another thing I want to do, and this is a real big picture thing, is a discipleship school. Sounds kind of interesting, doesn't it? And we have different levels um, to this. The first part is building a foundation, a strong biblical foundation in people's lives so that you can keep building and growing and developing to who and what 
God wants you to be and who and what he wants you to do. Another level is to help develop Christian leadership. We need leadership all over the place, not just leadership in the church. We need Christian leaders in the the grocery store. We need Christian leaders in all walks of business. We need Christian leaders in government, don't we? And another level of that, so these are all like increments. You can stop at level one. You can stop at level two. The, The next one, the next level, is to develop those who feel that they have a call towards ministry. I heard a minister years ago say the church was doing its job. You wouldn't need to have all these separate like seminaries and Bible schools and different things. The church's job is to equip. So we want to make sure that we're doing our part to equip. Another thing, the big picture is missions. We want to be really involved in missions. Missions in this nation, missions in Europe, missions around the world. Like I said, one of the foundational things that Jesus told us to do is go, right? A church should be involved in both sending and going. So I would love that we have people in this church who feel that they have a call to another nation that we're able to send them out. And not only that, but we're also able to help financially support them. I also want this church, at least once a year, to have a a short-term missions trip that we can, whoever wants to from our church, no one's required to, but if you wanted to be able to go on a missions trip, that this church would facilitate uh, a trip for you to go to. Years ago, after the earthquakes in Nepal, uh, 2015, uh, we took a group uh, from our church that we were helping at in Limerick. Amy and I uh, led a team there and worked with an organization missions organization, and we got to be part and preach the gospel. It was amazing. And we had a lady at the time, uh, I think she was 69 years old, who went on that trip. She's just an Irish farmer. Her and her husband uh, farm sheep, and she just had it on her heart. She wanted to go on that trip. Took her out of her comfort zone. She never would even, it was funny, we were taking the bus from Limerick to the Dublin airport. And when we get into Dublin, she's just like looking around. She'd never been to Dublin before. She'd actually never seen buildings that tall. So she's just looking around like, wow, she's a sheep farmer. You know, what kind of buildings do you have around you? You know, the buildings in Limerick are the biggest thing she's ever seen. And there's nothing there that's super tall. The amazing thing is when you get outside of what you see every day and you see other people's environments It just does something. It changes something inside of you. When you go to another nation and you preach uh, the gospel there, and you know that if I wouldn't have come on this trip, that person may not have had the opportunity to hear the gospel. That's an amazing thing that an ordinary person, as an elderly woman who's a sheep farmer, that the Lord used her from here to go to a nation like Nepal and preach the gospel. She was part of the dramas that we did and got to preach the gospel, and she was amazing, fantastic, totally out of her comfort zone, (laughs) completely. So we want to be a, a church that gives you an opportunity to go and experience things like that as well. We also want to do outreaches from this church. We want to do like kids camp outreaches, 
Uh, we used to do some things in, in Limerick every summer, and the majority of the people that came to these outreaches were just community kids, most of them hearing that Jesus loved them for the first time. And people from our church uh, were able to be part of that. Uh, people came from other countries to help us with those kids' camps. But I'd like to do those again on this side of the, the country because they're so impactful. you know. And we don't realize the little things that we do, how big of a difference those things make. You know, My mom, uh, when she was little, her aunt, for whatever reason, took her to a, a kids' camp. And that was the very first time that she heard the gospel. Her aunt wasn't even a Christian. It's kind of funny that she you know, took her to this Christian kids camp. But that was the first time that she ever heard the gospel. She gave her life to the Lord. And as a result, I'm sitting up here before you now. Like that's a result of a kids camp. We want to do stuff like that. Uh, we used to do like an Easter outreach. It's a great time to share the gospel. Around Easter, everyone's thinking about God, whether they're a Christian or not, even if they're an atheist, <laughs> they're thinking about God around Easter time, right? Easter and Christmas. So it's really easy to share the gospel around that time. So we want to do different Easter outreaches, a youth camp as well. You know, we sent our Sierra and Aid and our teens uh, to a youth camp in America this summer, and they were just there for five days, just saturated in the presence of God, hearing the word of God every day. And there was an overnight camp, so they were in that consistently all week long. And sometimes they were like worshiping the Lord for like three hours. Imagine being a youth and just being able to be in an environment where you're worshiping the Lord for three hours. And it's not anything that's put on. It's not anything forced. Like these youth, just when, you're, when they're in the presence of God, like how many of us could worship for three hours? Like what would you have done if we went on for three hours this morning? We'd worry you out, probably, you know, but these teens, these youth, we want to create environments where they can just experience the presence of God. And when you're in those things, just all these things just fall off your life. So this is kind of the big picture uh, of where we want to go with this church. Obviously, we can't do all these things right now. We can't be all these things right now. We're just still small in numbers, but this is the direction that we're going. And I'm going to start little by little, putting a, applying a little more pressure to that accelerator. You don't want, you don't want to uh, push that accelerator too fast. Otherwise, you're going to give everyone whiplash. But we're going to start applying. We have our launch in 21 days. From that point, we're just going to little by little, we're going to start pushing a little bit farther down on that accelerator. You know, if we need to, sometimes we'll apply a little bit of brake, pump the brakes a little bit if necessary, you know, and then we'll just put our foot on the accelerator again, and we'll just follow the Holy Spirit as He leads us. Amen? I'm going to read one more scripture, and then we're going to be all done. Thanks for being so patient. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 uh, through 38, says, But when He saw the multitudes, He was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then He said to His disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The laborers are still few. That's what we're all about. Making laborers, developing you as a laborer so that you're equipped, enabled, and encouraged to be able to share Christ's love with those around you. And then Jesus says, therefore pray 
Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. When we're going to gather together and we're praying for revival, this is one thing that we're praying for. We're praying for the harvest. Because that's God's heart. For The Bible says, for God so loved the world. You know this, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I think it's interesting in that scripture that it says, it doesn't just say, for God loved the world. He's trying to make a point here. For God so loved the world. It's hard to comprehend that kind of love, isn't it? But that love moved God. And my hope is, is that his love will likewise move us to go out into that harvest. Amen. Well, let's pray before we close. Heavenly Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I just thank you that, that this vision, Lord, would just take root in our hearts. And the, the core of this vision, Lord, is your harvest. It's about people. It's about us here partnering together, yes, Lord, but it's about it's about the 99. Jesus, you gave the parable that you would leave the 99 to go out to the one that was astray. That needs to be our heart too, Lord. Outside of these walls, outside of these church, to make a difference with our lives. I just thank you, Lord, that each of us here, that our lives will make a difference. That we will see our value to you our value in your body, our value in your church, that our lives do matter more than we'll probably ever know. That you need each one of us here, Lord, to take our place in your body so that we can reach the harvest together, Lord. Hallelujah. If there's anyone here this morning, or maybe you haven't, been walking with God like you should, like you want to, God's reaching out His hand to you this morning. doesn't matter the mistakes that you've made. doesn't matter the resistance that you've given Him. He's always right there, right by your side, just waiting for your willingness and your obedience to just say yes. Maybe you don't actually know Christ. Maybe you've never walked with him. He's still reaching out his hand to you. He's right there by your side too. It's so easy to walk with Christ. The Bible says that his yoke is easy. His burden is light. He doesn't make it difficult to follow him. He makes it easy. In Romans 10, 9, and 10, it just says that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. It's that easy. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So whether you've said this before or whether you've never said this, let's all pray together today. Let's repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, 
I thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Dying upon the cross for my sins. Taking my unrighteousness upon you so that you could place your righteousness upon me. I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. And I want to walk with you the rest of my days. Help me have as much love for you as you have for me. And help me share that love to everyone around me who doesn't know it. Let that love shine bright in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.